Welcome to Saturday Strategy, the business show for the small and mighty. This is your host, Johnny Themans. Hi, welcome and thanks for joining us for this edition of Saturday Strategy, the original podcast for business owners who want to cut the crap and get the answers. I'm Johnny and I'm your host and we've got some great information in today's episode. So if you're driving or just getting on with other stuff, you'll find all the links in the show notes or better still, why not subscribe to the Saturday Strategy Weekly email news update. Now, today we're going to be thinking about scaling our business and we're going to be looking particularly at software companies and the expert we've got on today is focused very much in that arena. But the lessons told, I think, can translate to uh, pretty much any business where we're trying to scale and it's having a plan to take us through that journey to go from solopreneur, you know, the one man band, which might be a freelancer through to a business that has some scale with some staff and products that are fulfilling a market need. So whatever your current circumstances, there's going to be something in it for you. So today we are joined by Jordi Watman. Jordi has a really interesting background. Jordi started off a life in Bermuda. He started out as a freelancer many years ago and set up a business as a lead generation expert. That was 15 years ago. So he's been a serial entrepreneur. And since that time, he's founded five businesses, built those. He's successfully sold three of them. He now lives in Switzerland. And he's, this is a man who's got his work-life balance really sorted. He, he's happy to share that he spends 100 days a year skiing. So he's a man after my heart, definitely. He's currently working on, uh, on, on developing products of his own. Now, these are online software products. They, they, we call them SaaS products, software as a service. Um, if, you, if, you, if you pay a subscription to anything like maybe MailChimp or even Google, even Google Mail, Gmail, then, uh, then that is a software as a service type product. And he's developing one for online reviews for music teachers, time tracker for entrepreneurs, and um, some lead generation software specifically targeted at software developers. Um, Jordy's come onto the show today to help us with a particular problem that, uh, that many people in business face when they start out. It's the challenge of transitioning from where you are a freelancer and eventually becoming the business owner that you want to be. And we can envisage the start point and the end point, but what's more challenging sometimes is really working out what the steps in between are. And Geordie having been through that a couple of times and also um, now working and helping other business owners and freelancers to make that same transition um, is well-placed to help us. Geordie, welcome and thank you very much for coming on to Saturday Strategy. Well, thank you so much, Johnny. I'm looking forward to uh, discussing that problem in particular and any other questions that may come up during the interview. No problem at all. Well, Jordi, should we just dive straight in? I think you heard the challenge there. It's that, you know, maybe maybe try and reverse up to the to the life of the freelancer and and what that's like and and what the ambitions and goals are at the end. And then maybe you can sort of walk us through those those steps. Yes, yeah, sure. So um, I, I um, as from time to time, I've mentored some um, people that are trying to make that um, transition themselves. And uh, since I've, as you mentioned, done it myself uh, with a few companies, and I've just done it more recently over the last three years since I sold my last company, um, I started out as a solopreneur. I had basically, um, you know, no team, and I had to go out and find them. And um, so I, I feel like I'm in a good position to um, speak with that from recent memory and having to go through it. Um, and, and 
you know, this doesn't only translate to like software as, as we were discussing in the pre-show. I mean, it could be, um, it could be a copywriter or a, a design, some kind of design art, you know, like a graphic design. Um, it does, it should have, the person should have a skill though, some kind of a marketable, saleable skill. Um, and from that, uh, you know, and it just really comes from an interest. So let's say um, you were uh, in English, um, studying an English course at university and you came out and you um, had decent skills in writing and you were interested in writing sales copy, it could go from there. Um, and I've discovered this also by speaking with about 50 to 100 entrepreneurs in the software as a service space um, that they also had come, and these are all people that were making at least 50,000 pounds um, in monthly recurring revenue, that they, about half of them had, had uh, transitioned from freelancer through an agency to a product. And, okay. and so that's why I, I was, that's where I first noticed that, well, you know, there's, if I've interviewed 75 people and 30 of them at least had gone through um, this transition, it must work. Mm. Um, okay. And so, so that's sort of what I've been studying and, um, and that's what in particular, what I'd like to talk about to your audience. Okay. Fantastic. So maybe when you said about that skill, we must have a skill. How do we know our skill is valuable, Jordy? Well, you can, it's easy because if you just look around, you can go to Google and, and um, say, you know, is anyone paying for this? And, uh, you know, we were talking before the show, your, your um, perioperative, right? Mm -hmm. Something I've never even heard of. And uh, it's, it's, you know, like, it's just someone with those skills, really, I mean, it doesn't sound like he necessarily needs to be a medical expert, right? Mm -hmm. But it's someone that is organized um, and likes, um, you know, to, uh, you know, like organize teams and pulling teams together and communicate with the client and, and take satisfaction in um, leading a project from the very beginning all the way through the end of a, of an operation. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a really good example right there. I mean, that could be someone that starts off independently doing that themselves. And, and then as they grow and get better at it, they start outsourcing pieces of that and they start building a team. And as they build the team, uh, they can sort start stepping away mm. uh, from the owner and just looking at it from from the owner and have hiring a COO or something like that. Yeah, and that, um, I think just just to explain what that is for any any listener that's not familiar with it, that's a that's a podcast that uh, that we've helped support. That was really a group of doctors who were speaking on stages to small audiences, and everybody was saying this is really valuable information. More people need to hear this, so they developed a business model to take it to a wider audience through a, through a podcast. And, uh, and that's an incredibly successful um, broad, um, medium now for them to uh, take that to a global audience, which is, which is incredible. And that's in three years, they've, they've gone through a journey there. So that's right. These are the kind and, of things. And as I say, it could, it could really be, uh, and, and, you know, I'm sure it could, uh, any really um, marketable, saleable skill you can find on Google and say, is, is somebody w willing to pay me, um, you know, whatever it is, you know, it could, um, uh, we were, I do recommend though, that it be business to business and only 
um, for the simple reason that it's easier to find your customers. But um, as we were using other examples, you know, um, if it's defined enough, um, you know, someone that collects hunting knives or and services that, you know, you could find your customer um, and you become an expert in restoring old, um, you know, antique hunting knives or something and you become an expert and you could create a product from that and, um, you know, sort of. But, Understood. Yeah. Yeah, good. So talk us through that, that transition journey then from, did you say freelancer to agency to product owner? That, 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 yeah. those, are, those are terms that we, you might need to sort of familiarize us with so we, right. we understand the journey. Right. So, so for example, in, in my case, um, I, I started off um, looking just for a problem. And, and so I selected, um, I, I, I selected maybe three markets and um, the ones that I knew about were software developers because I had my own software as a service um, uh, product. And uh, so I just started talking to my, my software development team and says, um, you guys, what's some of the big problems for you? Um, and, and they said, well, you can imagine I've got 25 people right now working for me. This is a, the CEO of, of a software development team. And um, let's say something, it, you know, we've got five projects going and I've got four people on each project. And all of a sudden something like COVID comes along and three, um, three uh, uh, of these projects just sort of disappear. All yeah. of a sudden I've got maybe 15 developers that are now, that I'm responsible for, you know, at 4,000 ahead. It's like, I've got a serious problem if I don't have other um, projects coming in. So my number one problem is I need software leads and I need them like all the time. I just need to be generating them. It's the best way for me. But I'm a developer. I'm not a sales guy. So I need people like you to help me find um, software projects. Yeah. So um, so that's essentially what I what I discovered was the big was the big problem. So I said, OK, well, let me see if if I can solve this problem for you. Um, and I went out, uh, you know, looking for these, for the jobs. And because I didn't have any background in this, nobody knew me as sort of like an authority or expert in this um, software development uh, um, field. So I, I started to look around. And once I started to find some of these jobs, I was like, well, hang on, you know, I could pass this off to this other team, and he'll give me 20%. Or I can own it. And I can sort of you know, you know, take, take it over and get this developed for the guy. And then, you know, I can make a lot more money and, and be more involved and it's more of a business because it was so hard to come by. Yeah. Uh, I, it, it was way too valuable for me to just pass it off to someone later. If I got to the position where I have tons of leads coming in, then, then it might be a different story. And it's like, if I'm in the software world, uh, as people probably know, there's different programming languages. So we focus on Microsoft technologies. And if there was a lead that came in that I don't handle, then I could, then I could gladly say, well, I don't, but I do have a partner and I'll give you him and they're very good. And then I could make, but th there's not that much, um, there's not that much really uh, revenue that comes from that you know it would just be a sort of side stream so so i ended up keeping the leads and as i got better at it now i've been able to grow my agency to put 25 people uh in essentially two 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 and a half years and um 
now uh, since I'm speaking with all these customers, I'm, I'm able to speak with the customers and say, what are some of the problems that you're having? And now I can use my software development team to build a product. And I'm, as you mentioned, I'm building three products. Um, and that's really, you know, the, the, the product side of, of, you know, like recurring monthly recurring revenues is very attractive as a business owner, because if you're say you own something like Netflix, or as you mentioned, one of these, you know, MailChimp, the owner of MailChimp is, is likely like, you know, he doesn't even really need to work now. He's, mm -hmm. They're probably doing, you know, four or five million a month. And no matter what happens, maybe COVID comes and it goes down, you know, maybe, but, but the customer, there's so many customers, there's say 50,000 customers, you know, a small dent in that is, they're always is recurring revenue. So, yeah. um, and the thing about an agency is it's very lucrative, but it's very hands-on as the owner. Like I've, I've realized like, um, the, the, you know, the client wants to speak directly with the founder. He wants to make sure he's getting the best service. And that's the reason to want to sort of at least augment that agency income yeah. with some products because it, it, it diversifies the, the, your, your um, cash flow and uh, makes your business that much uh, safe. Yeah, I think that's a common problem, isn't it? People find it difficult to scale a business where the owner is so hands-on. I can describe it as, you know, in your agency business, when people want to solve a problem, then they go to the shelf and get another jar of Geordie. That's right. Yeah. Um, there's only so many jars of Geordie Wardman on the shelf, you know, so that's right. That's um, right. So, so it, it, it's, it, it becomes unscalable because of the limitations of the owner. That's right. I mean, some, there's also obviously very, very successful agencies, um, but they built really good teams. And so rather than having the founder, they're speaking, um, you know, directly with uh, project managers that, that are, you know, very well qualified. And it's like speaking to, you know, someone that's, highly competent and is, uh, motivated in the uh, successful outcome of the project. Mm, okay. Okay. So, so how do you start that transition? So, so starting the transition from freelance to agency, what you're saying is you, in your case, you learn how to generate leads for agencies and you're thinking, Oh, I could generate some of those for myself. Yeah, exactly. Great. Um, and so someone, so I was just doing a podcast with someone that, um, was doing this for a content writing business. So um, I think it's a good example because it's not one um, that people may be thinking, but anyone can really write an article, right? Yeah. Um, you should like to do it, but let's, for, for, the, for, um, for the purpose of the show, we'll use content writing as an example. So he was a freelance writer um, and he's pretty good at it. So he started build um, clients and then his clients were saying, uh, well, I've got this other business and, and I want you to start writing more articles. And so, um, and, and I've decided to bring on uh, this other website and then, I've, uh, you know, you're so great. Someone asked me who's doing the content writing and I, you know, I gave it to this uh, group, a uh, mastermind group or something. And, you know, all of a sudden this guy's got, went from one client to 15 clients. So hmm. he's now in a position where he's either working 16 hours a day, writing all this himself, or he, goes out and, um, you know, he posts a job somewhat on one of the online job boards and he finds a couple, you know, a couple, uh, say, um, university grads, yeah. um, where, where he can then outsource that writing. Yeah, and so as that grows, uh, as long as the quality doesn't suffer, 
um, what this guy did basically was he, he started to get more and more of these content writers coming in and uh, he built like this um, service that essentially is um, for someone that is looking for content writers, they first came to him and then he started to, to um, write his, you know, but there was only so many that he could do, right? So he wanted something that's really scalable. He built this uh, resource where anyone could submit their, um, their sort of uh, background and in, in content writing. And then he created sort of an online marketplace for people that wanted content writers that come to his platform and they can essentially say, well, I'm, I need an article on, you know, whatever it is. Uh, if it's on medical, it, it's very broad. So mm. if I need something on software as a service or someone else may need something on, uh, you know, summer camps or whatever. Yep. Um, it, he now can cover that. So it's, it's essentially like infinitely scalable. Yeah. Um, and so he's created that service. And uh, the last I checked, he was doing 200,000 pounds a month from this service. So, and, and, that, and he was, and how long ago was he a freelancer writing, working 16 hours a day? Not that long ago. I would say probably four or five years ago. So yeah. it was pretty fast. So, yeah. you know, he was, he, he graduated um, from uni and was a good writer, was interested in it, uh, took on some enterprise clients, um, you know, got to that threshold, which is as a solopreneur is probably when you're working, you know, more than 50 hours a week probably was, you know, the point, like I can afford to hire someone now. So I'm going to hire someone built an agency. Um, and so his agency maybe grew to say 15 to 20 staff writers. Uh, and then, uh, he got to the point where he was, you know, each one of those rep probably represented five or six clients. So he had, you know, say, um, 50, 60 customers. And he's then as a, in a position to say, what are some of your problems? How can I solve them? You know, and, and from that, when the customers are, are saying, this is my problem. Um, and then you ask them like, well, how serious is that problem for like, what would you pay on a monthly basis to have that problem solved for you? And when they start saying like four or 5,000 a month, <laughs> then you're like, okay, you know, you've got a product, you know, and that's where he was in the position of asking them and they were like saying, I would definitely pay you 2,500 a month if you could solve that problem. And so he built a product that could essentially solve those problems. And now, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's in a position where he's the owner. He's does no writing at all now, except if he wants to. Yeah. Um, and he's just sort of working on the business as an owner, hiring, um, you know, and, and if he wanted, could step away and start a new business. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, Jordy, tell me what the, the 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 sort of the the process is for planning it this out, and and you know those because you listen to a podcast like this, and and I listen to you speaking, and if I'm a freelancer thinking I want to go on this journey, what do I need to do today to start? You know, what's that first step I need to do? Well, it, depending on where you are in your journey, I would I would say that the the best thing you can do is um, is to get enough revenue coming in from uh, some type of saleable skill that 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 you, you're um, able to do that people will pay you money for. And let's say for this example, let's say uh, um, you know SEO or something like that, because essentially SEO is a service that you know, most, almost every website needs some type of SEO, right? Yeah. So you could pick a niche um, topic and um, for the purposes of the show, let's say 
uh, we'll use your perioperatives. Um, you know, so you, an SEO guy goes to them and say, hey, listen, this is what I specialize in. Um, and I think it really helps if you niche down um, because then you become the SEO guy for perioperatives. And, and then those, if you start writing for some perioperatives uh, and, and they start finding some success, uh, they start referring some of their other perioperatives, you know that space, so it's easy for you to write articles on it. Yeah. And, um, and that would be a way for you to, you know, as soon as you got to a level, let's say, uh, 10 to 15,000 a month was coming in and say you only needed 7,000 for yourself, you've got three or 4,000 to start hiring and you hire your first, um, your first good uh, staff writer or SEO expert. And from there, it just literally goes, um, okay. you know, it sort of grows from there. What's your views on, um, on virtual agencies? Geordie, you know, because we're in we're in a in a world where we can sort of maybe not have an office or a studio. How does how does that sit with you? You know, it, for me, I really like uh, virtual agencies, and and the reason is because I can um, sort of pick and choose services, and I don't have to hire someone, um, you know, like and take on that big commitment, right? I can sort of test them out, and I've actually uh, hired some people from virtual agencies um, in in a way that like that was, you know, like it was understood, like I said, uh, let's say for example, um, I'm hiring someone right now that works for an agency um, and she helps me do automations. Uh, okay. So anything you can think of that, that I need automated, I say, I want, so it's like, listen, I don't have the time for this. I need this to work with this and just do it. And so I, I get her to do that. I pay the agency, I, it starts off with small commitment and I'm uh, thinking of approaching them and saying, listen, this girl's so great. I want to hire her full time for me. Uh, she can stay with you, but you know, I want her dedicated to me and this is what I'm, I'm prepared to pay. Will you, t you know, it's like take it or leave it. Right. Yeah. So, so it's a sort of good trial or trial and error way to, to test out someone. And, um, and I really like using agencies. So I use them all the time. Another great service that I use is, um, many pixels which is like a design it's like a design company so it's like okay. i pay 350 a month for uh one designer and any no matter how how many um tasks i give them it's like basically a la carte and it's unlimited so if i want to build a website i can essentially build a website for 350 uh, a month by just saying okay i need you to develop this page okay and then i need you to develop this page and so in a month, you can build, you know, you can design five pages for a website. And I just got my website designed for $350. And it's great. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I love agencies. Uh, yeah. And I do have permanent staff members, too. So I'm, I'm a proponent of both. Obviously, at some point, you can't just be you and 15 different um, virtual agencies, you, yeah. you need to have some staff. So I'm not saying that um, the agencies um, can totally uh, replace your permanent staff but but if you if you have like an operations you know a finance guy though for the for the most part those are sort of dedicated positions yeah um but you know agencies can handle a lot and they're a great way to get um excellent uh, work done yeah good jordy thank you very much so jordy just in terms of um you know where we're we're kind of about where we would need to be for the end of this show. It comes around very quickly, doesn't it? But uh, how, how can I get some more help from you if I've got a software idea or, or I'm thinking about 
wanting yeah, to take so, this path. Yeah, sure. So, so um, software as a service is a really uh, uh, easy way to, um, to sort of take part in this like virtual remote um, boom that we're seeing right now with COVID. And, um, you know, if no, of course, nobody knows when this could end, but uh, my, you know, software as a service is definitely not going to end. So if anyone has an idea that they're, they've been thinking about or they uh, want to talk to me about, uh, I would love to offer your audience like a, for a free 15 to 20 minute consultation where we can bounce ideas off of how you could get your software as a service started. And um, there's, of course, no charge for that. And if, you, if your questions can be like, you know, how do I raise investment money to how do I select the right development team? Or do I think this is um, a good idea? Or how do I find my first few customers? Yeah. Uh, this is stuff that I've now done myself, uh, you know, for sort of 15 years. So I can speak uh, knowledgeably on it and give any help to any one of your listeners that may have. Yeah, those, I think that'd be uh, really useful. That'd be very useful. I've, I've done some work a couple of years ago with somebody and they failed in the SAS project because they couldn't they couldn't streamline their onboarding process so it was it was it was just clunky and full of friction and they just couldn't really convert people onto their platform uh, properly right. so, yeah. so, it's, so, so it's so it can be tricky so I think help from somebody like you would be would be hugely valuable to those to those people um, yeah Jordy you run a podcast as well don't you yes I do it's called the big break software podcast and it basically talks about how to get uh, from zero to thirty thousand monthly recurring revenues. And, and so the people that, that I speak to all have uh, reached that sort of threshold, which is, and the reason I chose that threshold is by the time you get to 30,000, um, the 30,000 monthly revenues, you, you essentially figured out your customer and you're really on a path to, you know, sort of unlimited growth. Brilliant. Jordi, we will include both of those, um, both those links. We'll, we'll include a, a direct link to be able to reach out to you. And, yeah, uh, and also great. and also a link to the podcast as well and you know we, we can keep in touch as well i think uh, this has been really valuable thank you very much for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us great yeah thanks so much for having me on the show johnny so that's it for another edition of saturday strategy thank you so much for sticking with us to the end and thank you geordie for those great bits of advice and please do take geordie up on that offer there of a um, free consultation or a free chat if you are um, thinking and uh, thinking of developing an idea do that sooner rather than later because the earlier you can get some feedback like that from somebody who's really trodden the path a proper mentor then the better if you want to reach out to me uh, or give me any feedback and contact me on my whatsapp number probably the best which is 07977 437 360 thanks again until next time and remember if you enjoyed this and want to hear more hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts.